Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Free your mind! What's going on, y'all? It's your man, Big Brother Tucker. Now, things are going to be different from here on out in one regard. It was brought to my attention that I may be being a little bit too liberal with the foul language. And I mentioned it before in a previous podcast that I'm trying to be better. But when a member of your inner circle tells you that it is time to truly reflect and really improve. So I am going to do that starting today. I am going to cut back on the harsh language, but I'm going to replace it with a lot more anti-PC It's going to get rough. There are going to be things that I say now that are going to sound quite offensive, but are going to be very funny. And it is all in an effort to cut back on all this be damned foul ass language. With that said, let's talk about that fruit booty movie, Bros. You know, the gay rom-com. As in the mentality of most men, rom-coms weren't already gay enough. When the movie was being marketed, Billy Eichner, Mr. Billy from the street or Billy in the street, the guy who used to ask all the questions on the street, you know, whatever. Um, when he was marketing it, even more recently at the uh, MTV Video Music Awards, he wasn't marketing the movie. He was marketing the um, the diversity and the quote-unquote history-making uh, moment of the movie. And me roasting this fruit booty film isn't necessarily me taking a shot at him or the LGBTQ, ABCD, XYZ, HGTV, Alphabet Mafia. No, this is what Hollywood does as a whole and expects us to swallow it. So no, it's not just about bros. It's about Hollywood marketing and, um, how it comes back to continually bite them in the ass. So with the movie Bros, Billy Eichner, who's um, not only stars in the movie, but also I think was uh, one of the executive producers, he said that, well, it's best if I let Billy tell you. Some of you know me as Billy on the street. (laughs) But on September 30th, I have a movie coming out called Bros. Bros is making history as the first gay rom-com ever made by a major studio. And the first where every role is played by an openly LGBTQ actor. Right? And I need you all there in theaters on September 30th because we need to show all the homophobes like Clarence Thomas. And all the homophobes on the Supreme Court that we want gay love stories. And we support LGBTQ people. And we are not letting them drag us back into the last century. Because they are in the past. And bros is the future. So in that, what did y'all hear about the plot of that movie? What did y'all hear about a synopsis of that film? You didn't. He said... It's the first gay rom-com backed by a major movie studio. Let's stick it to Clarence Thomas. Let's stick it to 
the Supreme Court, middle finger to straight people. Dude, what's your story? There's an inside joke Frosty and I have about um, about video games, especially video games um, that have a campaign mode, a story mode. It, start, it, it all started with, um, I think it was Metal Gear Solid 5, the last one they did. That was a travesty. And that that game was horrid. The game itself, the previous renditions, you actually played to further along the story. The story is what got you in. You played for the story, but no, not this time. This 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 game was so bad that all they talked about was the gameplay. Oh, you know the camera works well. You can control your man. And you can do that. So the joke was when they when they start talking about gameplay, that means the story. Oh, I'm sorry. So with that being what it is, that's how Hollywood is now. When they start promoting diversity and inclusion and gender and all that kind of crap and don't tell you the story, that means the movie is That's all it means. So when Bros came out last weekend and it made under $5 million, what did Billy Eichner do? He calls the fans. Uh, no, no, let me do that right before I say he called the fans. He blamed the fans. Then he called them homophobes for not going to go see that you said that you promoted as being for the gay community. Look at what rom-coms are. Look at what rom-coms, who they are catered to. Rom-coms, number one, already have a bit of a niche crowd. They are already aimed at um, women for the most part. There are a few that that were entertaining, um, that that, that entertained for me. And um, I'm thinking of a hitch, um, maybe friends with benefits, things like that. But for the most part, rom-coms, romantic comedies, are made for women. Men see them when our woman wants to see it. We capitulate there because they've seen so many um, action flicks, um, racing movies. They've seen so many Fast and Furious and superhero films and all our action-adventure stuff that, yes, because you've seen these ones with me, we will capitulate and watch a movie with them, which tends to be a rom-com. So, when you base a movie or you promote a movie based on a, a small, small segment of the American population, the alphabet mob, then you should expect small returns. But again, this isn't just on bros. This technique is used across, I've discussed it before in previous podcasts, go back and look them up, my fear and laziness in Hollywood, things like that, where I Hollywood is so lazy that instead of them working at creating good characters and working to make a great story, they simply virtue signal, make movies based on diversity and inclusion and in representation. And then when that falls, they blame the fans. The showrunners for Amazon's biggest television disaster in history, The Rings of Power, came out and called its fans inherently evil. The people who criticized the piss-poor adaptation of J.R.R. Tolkien's stories and characters were called evil. Before this thing came out, they let us know that it was not about J.R.R. Tolkien's world. It wasn't about Middle Earth. It was about inclusion and representation. You don't believe me? Check it out. 
immense amount of visual representation and um, a vast accessibility for every single person in the world um, to be able to stare at a screen and see a version of themselves staring right back at them. So for us to play with each other as we play together in the world every single yeah. day is, um, you know, is exactly where it should be. And uh, what a great way to... Um, relive Tolkien's work. But this is the first time that we see a woman and the first time that see we see a black woman in this area and this world and these works of Tolkien. You know, this is a, this is necessary. This is a revolutionary moment. That's how they promoted it. That was the promotion for J.R.R. Tolkien stuff. And they get mad at the audience for not watching it and then say disparaging thing against them instead of checking themselves. So to the showrunners of The Rings of Power, to the creator of bros you got who you advertise to your piss poor results are exactly what you get from your piss poor marketing you market it to a niche crowd so you got niche results this this is a result of your actions when you look at the other films that were super popular spider-man no way home maverick they didn't advertise to a small group they advertised to general audiences. They made everyone welcome. They didn't say things like, oh, if you don't go see Spider-Man, that means you hate Tobey Maguire. Damn. They didn't say that um, if you don't go see Maverick, then that means you hate America. Wow. No. They promoted a story. Say called it heart pounding and thrill writing and thrill seeking, whatever. They made it appealing to a very broad audience and got phenomenal returns. Y'all dumbass advertise to a niche crowd and then get pissed off. <sighs> Look, there are certain things that Hollywood is doing. Entertainment as a whole is doing. That's really pathetic. And it's coming back to bite them in the ass. And this is one of them. Fans are taking that backlash like that fans aren't they're getting backlash the the showrunners and billy eichner are getting backlash because fans aren't taking this this nonsense lying down anymore no 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 you, you can't call us this that and the other when it's your fault when it's your story and your marketing because even billy eichner's dumbass talked about oh this the people weren't ready for this film i don't know what you're talking about on that because we seem to be ready for dallas buyers club which had gay characters in it prominently centered put out in the forefront we had award-nominated Brokeback Mountain. We have award-winning television series, Will and Grace. Nah, man. It's not the fact that, it, that, that America isn't ready. It's how you presented it. It's how all these places are presenting it. I'll end it in this fashion. There was an episode of The Cosby Show where one of Cosby's daughters brought home a boyfriend under some very unfavorable circumstances. And Bill Cosby had to explain to him why he was not getting a warm reception into the household. And I'll put it to y'all the same way he put it to that young man. So I want y'all to think about y'all favorite meal. Your favorite meal. I mean, no matter what it is. Let's say it's an eight ounce New York strip steak, medium rare. Juices flowing, naturally grazed. Natural mashed potatoes with some of the skin still on those mashed potatoes. Peas and carrots to the side. Maybe some buttery corn on the cob. Seasoned perfectly. Oh, can you picture it in your head? That steak, them sides just sitting there. Yeah. Now I want you to picture that meal on the inside of a trash can lid. Oh, the trash can lid could be brand new. Perfectly fine. Never used. But they bring you your food, your favorite meal, on a trash can lid. 
no matter how that's brought to you, you're going to see that all, all you see is that trash can lid. They can tell you how clean it is, how it's never been used, but all you're going to see is that trash can lid. And you're going to reject your favorite meal, no matter how good it may look. That is how we are being presented with entertainment. They're bringing us our favorite things, potentially great things, on trash can lids. Free your mind. And speaking of Hollywood, I see... That my former favorite entertainment entity in the world, Marvel slash the MCU, has hit another hiccup. No, no, I'm not talking about the um, <sighs> comedy known as She-Hulk. I'm not talking about the absolute misstep of Miss Marvel. I am referring to the issues that they are having in the ranks now. You... Unless you closely follow, y'all have no idea how many directors walk off Disney Marvel and Disney Star Wars projects. Recently, the director that was supposed to do the new Blade reboot walked off. The lead star, Marshala Ali, who was supposed to be taking on the role of Blade. Very unhappy. The script is reported to be 90 pages long with two lackluster action scenes. Now, I could just go into a deep dive on everything that's wrong with the whole Blade reboot. The fact it's going to be PG-13. The fact that they thought only two action scenes were going to be necessary. No. I want to talk about that problem as a whole. Why are directors constantly quitting? See, this isn't the first Marvel project where that's happened. There have been others. The problem, the biggest problem with Marvel in particular right now, is that all they're doing is following the same old tired formula and cranking out content. That's why these movies are That's why Thor was That's why Black Widow was The only reason Spider-Man No Way Home was great was because Sony had control of that. So, no, people. The problem is, Marvel has everything in this box. It has to be done here. You have to have this. You got to have this. You got to have this. Think, 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 think. You are not giving creative people a leash to be creative. You are confining people to this box, which is getting you product. You got to start here. You got to be finished by here. We got to have it here. And now we, the public, are seeing the results of those constraints and restraints. Remember the thing that came out not too long ago where the VF, where the uh, visual effects artists were telling um, where were telling the uh, companies, don't give us any Marvel stuff. They were telling their bosses, no, we're not working on Marvel crap anymore. Because as they said, we are overworked and underpaid. They essentially dump a ton of work in their lap and want it done in a flea spec amount of time. That's how you get the visual effects that you see for she-Hulk. Marvel is killing itself by trying to be so constrained and so precise and we got to crank out content, content, content. Treat it like a fine wine. When you uncork a bottle of wine, you don't pour immediately. There's a thing that you do is called letting it breathe. Let it breathe. Give projects time. First of all, have a plan before y'all get to talking about, oh, this actor is attached and this director is attached and we're going to have it done by this time. No, 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 no. Find the appropriate actor. Find the appropriate director. Find great writers. Let it all come together. Let them come together. They will tell you because they're the people that got to do all the actual 
boot on the ground, physical labor. Let them tell you, hey, we can have this done by this time. We're going to need this amount of time to do it. Quit trying to treat movies like a car assembly line. That ain't the way it works. Creativity does not work that way. Great creativity damn sure don't work that way. Does. You can get buckets and buckets and buckets of like that, but not good, solid creativity and entertainment. So Marvel, let creativity flow. It does not follow and punch a time clock. It works in its own schedule. And when it is allowed to work that way, you get some of the greatest things you've ever enjoyed. Free your mind. So, okay, we have talked about the at best piss poor marketing that Hollywood does for its films. We have addressed the lack or stifling of creativity in Hollywood. And when you put those two things together, do you know what you get? If you don't, I will tell you. You get the worst September box office in decades. And that is according to all the media sites, Hollywood reporter sites, the people that track this have come out and said September 2022 was the lowest September for any box office in decades. How about that? And you have the Hollywood studios and the Hollywood execs going, wait, but why? But why? It's, it's my COVID. It's, it, it's my coof. No, you jackasses. How long are y'all going to blame COVID, the vac shot, anything that the CDC and Fauci said? How long are y'all going to blame that for y'all piss poor ass results? Oh, wait, 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 wait. It's gotta be the, um, the istophobes, you know, the misogynists, the racist, the, the istophobes that, that don't like, um, the new direction that we're taking established for generations characters. It's them. It, it, it's the Estafos. It, it, it's got to be them. No, no. It's not the racist. It's not the misogynist. It's not the homophobes. It's not, it's not them, y'all. Hollywood. Hollywood. Please listen to Big Brother Tucker when I tell you that it's not us. It's your sorry ass. We will go see what is good. Look at Maverick. Maverick was a sequel that no one asked for, but apparently we all wanted. And I say apparently we all wanted by the insane amount of money it made. They did not go out and try to market themselves to one particular group, as I've said before. They made themselves appealing to all audiences, to people who love and remember Top Gun, to the people who like to see Tom Cruise in movies, to the people who just like action and entertaining films. So again, Hollywood, it's not us, it's you. I want you to try this for change, okay? What I am about to suggest to you, it may seem radical, but just hear me out in my entirety. Make a good story. That's it. N nothing more. There is no further step. Get together and make a good story. Don't focus on this diversity and inclusion and just make a damn good story. To take a trope from another Hollywood phenomenal film. If you build it, he will come. Let me do that another way. Make it good and they will come.
You see, what Hollywood is about now, they are about narrative and message over a story, over a good story. They don't hire good cast and good crew. They hire activists. Hey, Hollywood, why don't you open up those uh, those uh, budget books? Open up those budget reports and profiles. Tell me how that's working out for you. You cannot keep giving people and expect them to say, mm, it's good. Give us some more. Because there will come a time where even those people that like the taste of are going to reject it. Us normies, we've been rejecting it from the get-go. What we are is fed up with your We are tired of being preached to. We want to go be entertained. Let me expand on this just a touch further. One of the greatest lies have been told over the last hmm, six to ten years uh, is that we need more diversity, that we need more inclusion, that there should be more equity. Yet, if you go back into the 70s, 80s, 90s, too, it's always been there. You just never noticed it because it was a good story. Well, we don't have enough female leads, enough strong female leads. Sigourney Weaver was the head of one of the greatest sci-fi action adventure horror franchises of all time, Aliens. Nobody pictured it as, oh, this movie, or was it promoted as, oh, this movie has a strong female lead. It was just, hey, here's a story. Space crew trapped in space with an alien aboard. Good luck with that. It wasn't promoted or seen as just, oh, wow, a female-led movie. It was simply seen as a good movie. One of the most successful Marvel movies of all time was not part of the MCU. And I said one of them. But one of the things that showed Marvel and, and really comic book them as a whole, that action hero or superhero comic book movies can make it was Blade. Blade wasn't advertised as a black led movie. It was just a damn good movie. Period. When you look back at some of the things that were, were done back then, they weren't advertised as such, but they were always that way. You saw movies like Sugar Hill, New Jack City. They weren't brought up as all black cast. They just were that way based on the story. The story would dictate the diversity. And most stories have a fair amount, if not just a blatant even amount. Let me take that back. Most movies are diverse. And if they're not, they are reflective of the time and the environment that that story is set in. There are a ton of successful female-led movies that weren't promoted as female-led movies. There are a ton of primarily black casts pre-Tyler Perry that are phenomenal films. The problem with Hollywood is, Hollywood, you guys allowed yourself to be influenced by that fake world known as Twitter. You let the social media world dictate to y'all and tell y'all that it's being unfair. And it's not. Diversity has always been there. It may not have been everywhere, but nor should it be. There should be no reason that if you're telling a story about Egyptians or things in the heart of Africa, that there should be white people. The same thing with any Norwegian stories. There should not be any black people in Norse mythology, but that's where it is. Diversity has always been there. So Hollywood, here is what you do to try to recoup this money that y'all have lost over the years. And it has been a ton of money lost. Stop listening to Twitter. It ain't real. Quit hiring activists to write your movies and direct your projects. It's 
hire a damn good staff, hell of a cast, phenomenal writers, and we will go see it. It really is that simple.